Let us pray. O Holy Spirit of God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for Thee. Amen. So, uh, what, 15, 16 months on into a pandemic? How's it going for you? Um, about a year after some of the worst riots in our country's history. Uh, how's, how, how's life feeling these days in that regard to you? Uh, after one of the most uh, hotly contested and one might say controversial elections in history. Life, life going all right? Feel good about everything? Well, this morning, those questions lead me to ask of all of us some questions. And we're going to seek a biblical answer to those questions this morning. In times such as these, how do you manage? How do you manage your life and your emotions? How do you manage your spiritual well-being? In times such as these, how do you cope with everything going on around you? How do you cope with the feelings of those who don't agree with you on some of the topics that I've just mentioned? Where do you find the resources? Where do you find the strength to get by at a time such as this? A time of worry, anxiety, a time of complications in life. And you know, that's a phrase I learned a number, a number of years ago when I'm preaching to a lot of Episcopal con congregations. They don't like to hear the word sin, so I refer to the complications of life. <laughs> Garden of Eden made it pretty clear to us that if we would just have stayed there and not been fallen, life would have been pretty simple, right? Uh, a, a perpetual buffet with a beautiful naked man or woman beside you to spend it with. But we decided to complicate things by following our own uh, ends, our own uh, uh, thoughts rather than those of God. Now, there are a lot of answers that we could give to the questions I've just asked, where we find our strength, where we, where we anchor ourselves. One answer is that we can simply anchor ourselves by being obedient to the authorities and by following the rules. I have a dear friend who is a bishop in another diocese who, who writes regular devotional thoughts for the people in his diocese and begins every one of them. These are, these are written with, with a set of rules at the top of the page. His, his devotional thoughts started during the pandemic uh, uh, episode in our life, and so he writes rules for getting through the pandemic. Stay home, stop the spread, wear your mask, get the vaccine, and fifth, remember your mask is not a chin guard. Those are his rules. And, and, and the expectation evidently is that if we can only be good enough, obedient enough, if we can only follow the guidelines that have been given us, then we're going to be okay. That's one place we can look to for, for anchoring our lives. The law. <laughs> we can anchor our lives in the law, the rules, and our obedience to them. We know how well that has worked out in history, don't we? We know that 
we can never be smart enough, good enough, rich enough, or thin enough to follow all the rules. That simply didn't work for the children of God. They martyred the prophets who told them they needed to do that. They disobeyed the commandments. They had a second chance, didn't they, at perfection, at getting rid of the complications. They're just unable to do it. Human nature ain't going to let us obey all the rules all the time. That's, that's rule number one. But that's a place that many people look to for anchoring their lives, a place where they can go and feel that they are safe. There's another answer to where we might go in times such as these, and that is we can look to ourselves. We can believe in ourselves. And I hear that preached just as I hear the law preached from a lot of pulpits. I also hear self-improvement and self-actualization preached from a lot of our other pulpits. They say if you can simply believe in yourself enough, if you can reach as deeply as you can, if you can have more confidence in yourself, and if we can just get our, our families and especially our children to start believing in themselves, then we're going to have a better world tomorrow. That that's what it's all about. It's, it's what I would refer to as the gospel of self-esteem. It's what you and I might think of as self-justification. If I can only do these things for myself and be more of who, fill in the blank, made me to be, more of who I am, then everything will be okay. Both of those are popular, popular solutions to the complications of times such as these. Both of them are. Now I'll tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me, who stays with me, who remains with me, who's attached to me, he who puts his anchor down where I am, he it is that bears much fruit. But what? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The law is not going to solve the complications of your life. The law is not going to bring you happiness, ultimately. The law, as important and as wonderful and as great as it is, is not going to rescue you in a moment like this. And you, no matter how rich or smart or thin you may be, are not going to save yourself. In Luke 18, it was written that Jesus told his parables to those who trusted in themselves, to those who trusted in the law. And again, I'll quote from what he says in this morning's gospel lesson, I am the vine, you are the branches Apart from me, you can do nothing. The biblical answer to the questions with which I started, the biblical answer, the starting place for Christianity is based on the principle that we are not going to find enduring, lasting, valuable strength, perseverance, the ability to get by in times such as these until we admit defeat. Don't raise your hand, but if anybody here has ever attended AA or Narcotics Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous or any other anonymous group, you know the starting point is 
that you must admit defeat, admit that in yourself and of yourself and simply because you're following the rules is not going to be a starting point for becoming the man, becoming the woman whom God created you to be. But when you admit that you are completely powerless, you are on the right path. Remember the Beatitudes? Every one of the Beatitudes starts with a negative, doesn't it? You're, you're poor, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're, you're, you're being persecuted, and those are the moments when Jesus tells us what? That we're blessed. Those are the moments, not the moment when we're riding high, not the moment when we're winning every game, not the moment just after we got the, the raise and the most beautiful girl in the class kissed us. That's not when we're moving, it could be when you're moving closer to God sometime. But you are blessed when things aren't going well because those are the moments that bring you to your knees and help you to see that except in him, except in Jesus Christ, there is no solution. Second Corinthians, Paul writes that God's power is made perfect in weakness. Not his weakness, you understand. He has no weakness. It's made perfect in your weakness, in my weakness. So that is why Paul tells us we are to boast of our weakness, that the power of Christ may be with us all the more. This morning we, uh, we have uh, confirmations. And our confirmations are, are essentially a series of promises. Where, where are our confirmands? Raise your hands. Oh, good. You're right down front. That's good. I can see when you answer and when you don't. Um, <laughs> Then you're going to ask some, some, some basic questions about renouncing evil, renewing your commitment to Jesus Christ, and, and then the, uh, the prayers for the candidates for confirmation have to, have, have to do with a series of promises. You are promising to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're, you're, you're promising to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in the prayers. In other words, you're promising to keep on going to church, right? Staying connected. You're promising to persevere in resisting evil. You're promising to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. You're promising to seek and serve Christ in all persons and to strive for justice and peace all, among all people. And you make those promises, but I haven't told you the important words, the important words are the ones that these confirmands will respond with today. Their response is, absolutely, not absolutely, yes, I'm going to do those things. Your response is this, I will with God's help. I will with God's help. I will with God's help. I must stay anchored in him, rooted in him, attached to him who is the vine of which I am a mere branch in order to achieve any of these good things that he has in mind for us. That's the important thing about the confirmation service. It's a declaration of your branchhood in that vine which is Jesus Christ. That is the essence of confirmation. I had a conversation a number of years ago, ago now, I was still back in Charlotte, fairly newly ordained, a young beautiful young woman had a lovely little daughter single mother and she came to see me about being confirmed and we had several conversations and I was trying to encourage her to come to the confirmation classes but she came into my office thoroughly puzzled one 
one morning after she had been home to another city to visit her now elderly mother because she said that they had always sort of been at odds and she felt like based on what I was talking to her about that she needed to be reconciled to her mother and she went to her and she said mom I know we've had so many difficulties you never liked the boys I dated you didn't like the one that I married then you didn't like the fact that I divorced him I'm glad you love my daughter and on and on and she said but mom I want you to know that when I've needed you you've always been there when I've come to you for advice you've always given me pretty good advice and when I've needed someone strong in my life you were the one that I would turn to again and again and the woman the young woman with whom I was talking said you know I can't I was puzzled by my mother's response she said well I'm grateful and the young woman with whom I was talking said I went to thank her for those things and instead she said I'm grateful and I asked her why that was and she said well I wasn't there for you by my own power. I didn't give you good advice because I knew the right words to say. I wasn't that strong myself. I certainly wasn't able to lend you any strength. But somehow, God must have been at work in me in each of those moments. So you heard the right words. You saw the right acts. You felt the right strength. But that wasn't me, dear. That was God working through me. Well... My young friend's mother had put the ball on the tee for me to keep talking to the young woman. Don't you want to be that way for your daughter too? Don't you want to recognize that you don't have the answers, that within you, you don't have the strength, that on your own, you can't do those things that your child needs of you. It will only be by the grace of God. And you can do those things in the words of our confirmation promises with God's help and only God's help. Well, don't just think about the past, think about the future. What about tomorrow, the next day, or the next? Where will you anchor your life? And what will it be like? Is there some great hurdle facing you right now, something you're afraid of handling tomorrow or the day after? Well, if there is, there is a corollary to today's gospel message that apart from him we can do nothing there's also the divine promise, this from Philippians, I can do all things in him, through him, with him, who strengthens me. I can do all things. Remember the Tower of Babel, when they tried to build the tower to reach to the heavens and assume the authority of God? And God crumbled it to the ground. The ancient wisdom of that story is one you and I need to apply in our own lives. We shouldn't grasp at what we cannot attain. Heaven is not to be placed in our hands or attained by our achievement, even in the smallest degree. It is only on the merits of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross and reaffirmed on the third day by his resurrection that we can bring any strength, any wisdom, any goodness, any validity, any authenticity, anything good to this life. I guess what I'm trying to say is that from the daily fruits of good deeds and things well done to life's greatest accomplishments and feasts, 
even to the last great day when you and I appear before the judgment throne of God, it will not be we who succeeds, it will rather be God who succeeds through us. By doing our own thing, by thinking that we can simply obey the law and solve our problems, by trusting in our own wisdom, our own merits, and our own strength, we will perpetually drift, directionless, here for a little while, then gone, unless we're connected to the very source of all life, strength, and goodness, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Remember what he tells us this morning. Apart from me, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's, co it's corollary with me, with me in your corner, with me as your strength, as your anchor, I can do all things in you. I can do all things because I will strengthen you. I'm going to close with a great little prayer book prayer. It's actually the prayer for, um, um, it, it's, the, it's the 19th uh, uh, a week the, uh, after Pentecost, I think. can't remember. I think that's right. Um, originally written by Thomas Cranmer, great Anglican, of course. Now it's in modern language. But it's one that I would encourage you to learn and have on the tip of your tongue for those moments in life that are most challenging. And it goes like this. O oh Lord, because without you, we cannot please you. Because without you we cannot please you, mercifully grant that in all things your Holy Spirit might direct and rule our hearts. Words for times such as these.